the way that I was like both laughing and like screaming under the water and like just I genuinely was like, oh, I hope he stops soon. I can't breathe. <laughs> One, two, three, What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 70 of the On The Runs podcast. We are virtual tonight. Erica is in her beautiful spare bedroom studio, and I'm still in my incompleted bedroom studio. (laughs) It was nice to see you this past weekend, Erica. What's going on? I was so pumped about that. We actually got to do some runs together. Well, I say some runs, but a run. We did a morning run, too. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) What's up with you waking up at 6 a.m. to run? Dude, it gets so hot. Actually, the day we ran was Saturday, and it was beautiful Saturday. It was 56 degrees when we, when I started. Well, I started running with Steve. Um, we did eight miles before you got there and then seven with you. So, I mean, it was a gorgeous morning. Planned it perfectly. But I had to get stuff done. I had shit to do that day. <laughs> I planned it perfectly. I was like, maybe I'll see you at 630, but I knew you were doing like an out and back and out and mm-hmm. back. I was like you know what? I can get there at seven. I woke up, I stretched, I foam rolled, I ate a little bit. I drank some mm-hmm. water. I took my time. You were a little late getting back to the parking lot though. So I stretched. Well, we more. did. Yeah, we did eight miles instead of we were supposed to do like, I think we were going to just stick to seven and a half, but we're like, oh, well, he's not going to be here. So let's just do the the big half. I, I on told the you first. I'd be there. I, I thought I planned it right, but I was there and I waited around for 40 minutes, but it was fine. Mm-hmm. I, I stretched. I felt great on that run because Good. I was like, push, I was kind of pushing the two of you to go faster. And you guys like, oh, you know, I was like leading you the whole time, which is not usually. A, the I, case, but. Well, you got to give me a little bit of grace here because I was coming off at of anchor down. It had only been like a week is since that a I big, did. Anchor is that down. a big run? Is that a hard run? I don't oh. know. Anchor. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, you wouldn't know. 49 <laughs> miles later. <laughs> anyway, but I was also testing out some new gear. So I had a big, heavy backpack full of like. Right. How heavy was that thing? You were like, oh, this is nothing, but it was like <laughs> 25 pounds. I, I feel like it was heavy. I don't know. I, I'm terrible at guessing weight. But So you did that on purpose, like for training, right? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. bought a new a new camelback to, to wear during the Yeti 100. I just kind of loaded it up with whatever crap I thought was heavy so I could get kind of the worst case scenario. And yeah, I... I I did okay, but it loaded my legs. Like I definitely was feeling it in like my quads, my knees, my calves, like way more than I would on a normal run. So, I mean, it was good to test it out. Do a few more of those. Yes, I will. But yeah, it was, it was overall pretty good. And I don't know if we mentioned his name, but we ran with Steve, Mr. Mr. 305 no more. Yes, yes. Steve yeah. was great. He he volunteered to do some early, early miles with me because I thought I had some plans later on in the afternoon. Uh, I thought I had to travel somewhere, uh, but I was going to meet Rachel for a run and she wound up coming to me too. So <laughs> it, it all worked out. It was great. Got it out of the way. It was great. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I got it out of the way too because I had my daughter's play. I'll, we'll talk about her play in the outro, but it was okay. it was great. It was great seeing you. So. Uh, we just finished recording an OTR Live with Karen, by the way. That was fun. It went, what would I say again? Let's try to keep this around 30, 35 minutes. We went <laughs> one hour later. <laughs> yeah, I think we actually went 59 minutes and 44 seconds. Like, yeah. 
we have a problem and I'm okay with it. My apologies for freezing, apparently. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, though. It was it was good to to hear about that because that's not a race that you would normally hear. Like the Trans, Trans Rockies. Rockies. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool stuff. So she she did that. It's on our YouTube channel. It will drop in our RSS feed in a week and a half. We though should get to our interview. Oh yes. Because this is episode this is episode 70. It's a big episode, so might as well drop a big guest. I was so excited to do this interview. You guys may or may not have seen her all over Instagram and our TikTok. You probably but- have. <laughs> many of you yeah many of you have sent us their uh her reels and we we actually were fortunate enough to talk to her we really were we we're very very lucky um she's super easy to talk to we just like it, it just it so flowed, it, it flowed really well turns out she knows it, a very famous boston bruin a stanley cup winning boston bruin i might have fanboyed a little too hard when i found this out <laughs> I really might have. So, spoiler alert, he did. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. But we, but we have Laura Green on the pod. How cool is that? Ah, oh, Laura, you are the absolute coolest. We had so, so much fun talking to you. And she spent a good hour and a half with us, right? Yeah, no, she did. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's lots uh, to talk about. Something, something about us. They just, they, we just keep going. We just keep going. Uh, su- super awesome and grateful, graceful with her time. So, Laura, thank you. I feel like we're talking about the end of the the episode. Let's get to the episode of Laura Jump Green. In. Yes, here we go, everybody. Laura Green on the On the Runs podcast. Our next guest on the pod is someone we've all seen in the past year. As many of you, our listeners, have sent us all her reels. So we took a shot and slid into her DMs. You know her on Instagram and YouTube as a comedic content creator. She's also a kick-ass mother of two. She's a Northeastern Husky. Go Huskies. And she's part of our local New England running community and has stories that I believe many of us relate to. We are wicked excited to have Laura Green on the On The Runs podcast. What's up, Laura? Wicked, wicked. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I got to take a minute to just do a quick like, because this is super fun. Like, I'm already so, so excited to talk to you, Laura. Welcome to the so show. Fun. I knew you would like when I threw in the word wicked there because of your real, of the New Balance parking garage, what was <laughs> parking garage? <laughs> the parking garage, which I've, I went last week. It's still missing. Yes. So if they know what's good for them, they're going to leave it, leave it the way it is because it's right. just iconic. Well, it was really, yeah. I mean, it was really funny. I should have. I should have made content out of this, but I um, was like the videographer for Believe in the Run. So I was just behind the camera, but they were at the New Balance lab where they like test out all their shoes and they do all the really cool stuff with VO2 Max and whatnot. And I, when we were sitting down for lunch, I asked every New Balance employee and they're mostly like on the marketing team or, (laughs) you know, it's not like they're working maintenance at the parking garage, but but I was like, did you see that video? And what are your thoughts? You know? And they're like, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Whoever did it was genius, though. It's freaking hilarious. Had me rolling on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, it could have just come off with the wind. But who knows? What I, lo- who knows? What I loved is you, the, the way you, you uh, made the video, it didn't look like you were working. You just said, I'm going to go for a run over here. Just to show you this parking garage because it's that funny. And I think sometimes you post reels that 
just because you think it's funny and you want to show us something. And I love it. Same. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah, I find life moderately amusing. So I'm like, if I can record it and <laughs> capture this somehow. I also think that Boston is like a pretty rigid city. I think New England in general, like sometimes it's uh, it's, it, there's a lot of material here to make fun of. So <laughs> yeah, that's <for> sure. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. We're loving it. So let's like, to know you first. I, I don't mean to be too nosy, but I watch your story. I watch you almost every day unless I'm off the grid. Look like yesterday you went on a fun adventure, trail walking or hiking with the kids. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. It's like, it's like a mile. <laughs> it's never, it's never a big hike. But yeah, it would, we try, we spend all day, every day outside. It's two boys, two and four. I mean, we live in a small house in the city. So it's like the, the, the walls would fall down if we weren't outside running around all day long. And so, yeah, try and get outside. Love to like pretend like we're hiking, which they run full speed for about a mile and then they want snacks. Yeah. (laughs) So they're like ultra runners. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. You said said two and four boys. So I have a seven-year-old daughter, Mm -hmm. but I have twin boys who are two years old. Oh, my gosh. And try when I take them by myself and they run in opposite directions. I bet. I bet. Yeah. I have like – I have the the pro of having the older one there. It's like – um. He's just a little dog that follows the older oh, kid, you know? So, so that's good. He's almost five. So he's nearly five years old. So I feel like he's more responsible now. I definitely trust him more than he should. I'm like, yeah, watch your brother over there. <laughs> well, it, it um, seems like yeah. you share the stories and you're very much like like me and my, my family. You do a lot of adventures, whether it's skiing, camping, hiking, just a quick trail rock, uh, trail rock, a quick trail walk. A walk in the woods. And walk in the park. Even though you live in Boston, <laughs> you're not like city people, at least the way I see it. You're not city people, but you live in the city. So you got a little bit of that world outside of Boston. But when you think of someone who lives in Boston, you just horns and- Horns, traffic. You got to get out of the city or else you're going to go yeah. crazy. Like you just yeah. need- we live, we live in what I call the burbs of the city. So we're on the outskirts where, um, I mean, we're still in like- a pretty high populated area where most people have two or three family homes, but like we're in a two family, but, um, but we are, and we, we don't drive, like we only ride our bikes and like, we're like those classic cargo bike people with two kids on the back. And, um, so that part of living in the city is the most fun. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I would not go on and on about the amazingness of the outdoors around uh, suburbia Boston, but there are, there are some things. And, <laughs> and so there's enough, there's enough, especially for how small they are. And it's not like we're looking to hike in the white mountains for a multi-day trip. I mean, there are people who do it, but for us, like these small day trips, there's plenty of stuff around us. So we get out as much as whatever's going to get their, their, their energy out, right? That's clothes. all you need though. Just let out, just run them into the ground. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm with you. I just actually picked up a uh, second hiking backpack to throw the kid in. Cause I had one, but then with twins, I'm like, and so I'm very lucky. Our friend, Kevin, uh, he was like, I no longer need mine. You want it? I'm like, yes, twin problems. <laughs> 
So wait, what do you do? One in the front or something? <laughs> oh no, my wife would take. I like, was honestly like, damn, he's got. That's exactly what I was picturing, like a kid on each side. We would typically borrow from a friend, or my wife would take that like wrap that you can wrap around. But now they're too big for the wrap, but they're not yeah, big they're enough big. to like mm. trust on the trail. So yeah, we just said that we go camping a lot up here in New Hampshire. I was just I was on the summit of Mount Washington yesterday. I'm not one of those guys who goes on overnight hikes. I was doing this was a, a kid free thing. Yeah, it was. I actually got away yeah. from the kids like my one night of the summer. Nice. So, oh my gosh, and it was beautiful yesterday. What was it like at the top of Mount Washington? Though? It was cold and windy, and at some points it was beautiful. I'll DM you some photos because at some points the clouds are way below you, and it was so cool. And two seconds yeah. later, you're in a cloud. I know. So, yeah. It's wild up I there. Do a, I do an adaptive hike every every summer where we pull – actually. Wearing, <laughs> He's wearing the shirt. We were just talking about it. He's wearing the shirt. Um, we pull up a handicap or an adaptive athlete. So I was on Team Jacques. I have Jacques on my team. He has Cyril Papalzi. And we pull him up Mount Washington. It's a big fundraising event for adaptive sports in New Hampshire. So, so cool. we did that. It's usually, it's the same weekend every year. And that's where I was yesterday. And I got, we actually do take the kids, but yesterday we didn't take the kids. It was just me by myself. So I feel like it would have been too cold for I them mean, at that point. To have two two-year-olds too. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you wouldn't have been much help to the adaptive athletes. So. <laughs> yeah. Just sit tight. I'm going to go get these. Yeah. They would be like, why did we bring this? Guy? I, go, I go hike and my <laughs> wife stays at the bottom with the kids and She's like, oh, it was too rainy for the night before. She goes, you're you're by yourself. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I totally have so much respect for you guys and your kid rearing because I just I'm not cut up for that. So I have my cats and that's all I like. And you guys are just wonderful people. (laughs) What is what is Courtney DeWalter say? Kids. And what else does she say? Kids. Animals something else like they're all just way too much work (laughs) see i can handle the cats they're pretty self-sufficient but so we like to to get to know our our guests and just find out kind of your your running origin story so when did you first get into running or even like did you do sports as a kid like just what got you started being active yeah so i've been running since i was 12 um i was a soccer player basketball player grew up in a big family we all played every sport um, but it's big soccer town, um, in upstate New York. And then, then, and then like, as I got a little bit older, I got more into basketball and then we hit high school or junior high. I started running cross country to get in shape for basketball mm-hmm. and soccer. Like one of those classic things, you join the track team just to make, be, improve your fitness right. for your other sports. Um, but yeah, uh, got really into cross country Never gave up basketball for indoor track until college because I just wouldn't do it. And all of these college coaches were like, you need to be a three-season athlete. I'm like, I won't give I up refuse. on my dream. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, and I, I'm sure it made me a better runner too, just to also have that season off and just using all these other different muscles. But yeah, and then for whatever reason, our um, section of New York, we had soccer in the spring just just we were the only ones so I think it finally switched back but um so then I didn't really do spring track I did it two or three seasons in high school um but yeah and then what like I did pretty well in high school cross country and track and realized that that's the only way that I would get scholarship money um in college like I 
at my pipe dream of being a professional basketball player just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so my older siblings ran in college. Um, and it just kind of was like, by the time that it got to me where I was the third kid, it's like, just was this assumption. Like if you want to go to a certain expensive school, then you absolutely need to get scholarship money. And it's most likely going to come from track. So Went to Northeastern uh, in Boston and ran here um, for five years. Uh, partied a lot, kind of like plateaued. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't think I had like any PRs from college. <laughs> um, had a great time though, and those women are still my best friends today. So zero regrets about where I went to college. But um, <laughs> what, yeah. what drew you yeah. to Northeastern? Because something you and my mom have in common are you both, you are both physical therapists who went to Northeastern. Hmm. Yeah. There's only a limited, there's more now, but at the time there was only a limited amount of physical therapy schools and Northeastern was one of the best in the country and a direct doctorate. So a lot of schools, like you can get your bachelor in whatever, and then go to get your, your doctorate later in graduate school. This was six years straight through. Mm -hmm. Um, and even before it was the doctorate, when your mom was there, it was a master straight through. And so that's like super appealing. And then they have the co-op program, which now is like the biggest seller for people to go there. Like when I went there, Northeastern was a good school, but it wasn't what it is now. I feel like now it's top of the lists for all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a Husky. but like, <laughs> It wasn't as difficult at all to get into when I went there. Um, also the track program's better now. Like everything's better. And I'm like, yeah. You're like, you're like I started this shit. Just because of my friends. <laughs> Totally. We uh, um, I go to, I go to a bunch of um. I'm a big hockey guy. I referee college hockey. We go to we go to Northeastern games. We go to the Bean Pot all the time. And I go with all these guys who went to Northeastern and they're Northeastern fans. So I have one question. I don't know if you know the answer, but why is the okay. song "Stacy's Mom" so popular <laughs> at Northeastern? I don't know. That's a good question. The band there always plays every hockey game. <laughs> Stacy's mom's got it going on. He's got that in his notes. It says Northeastern, go Huskies. And then in parentheses, Stacy's mom question mark. Oh, that's so interesting. I don't know. Every hockey game the band plays Stacy's mom. There's gotta be something, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it's besides just, it being a banger. That's it. Yeah, besides <laughs> it's it being a but I can't believe that they're still playing it. Now it's like an oldie for oh, right. That is kind of sad. Right. It's oh. just it's become their thing. And everyone's like, just wait. One of the girls I referee hockey with, her name is Stacy. I go, just wait, they're gonna play Stacy's mom. And she thought we were kidding. And then eventually it's like, yo, you hear it? And she's like, <laughs> Oh my god, you weren't kidding. <laughs> they're playing Stacy's mom. That song is from 2003. So that is a 20 year old. Yeah. Song. That was wow. high school for us, okay. man. I haven't been to Matthew's Arena since they redid it like a decade Which ago. Beautiful now. But it is very fun to go to a hockey school because when you don't have a great football team, now they have no football team. But when we were there, they did, but it wasn't good. So like to have something to cheer for was really nice. That scoreboard in Matthew's Arena is bigger than the one in the garden for the Boston Bruins. It's you're kidding huge. me. Really? It's, it, it, it's just that. like you walk in and you're looking at a gigantic, like the whole place is a TV screen. Wow. 
Well, it costs like $200,000 a year to go there. Yeah, so. yeah, no, that's why <laughs> we went to Plymouth State. We couldn't go. To and I was just saying that we didn't have a good hockey team. We didn't have a good oh. football team. Actually, that's not entirely true, but our we were not known no, for our, our sports. Our football tre- team was the worst football team. Hey, but our but senior year, though, they did win. And I game. lived next door to some football guys, and we had a rager one night because they actually won a game. And we were like, oh, man, that must have been a great night. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's incredible! <laughs> but yeah, we're Thanks, we're, we're kind of we're in New England. You're in New England, but you're really from New York. You also went San Francisco for a while after college, right? I was a traveling physical therapist. So me and my best friend Erica, who's not a runner, and <laughs> just because, uh, um, but she we just took off, and you're not supposed to do that as a PT. They recommend you go work and um, gain experience because what happens is. You get thrown into the fire as a traveler. You get thrown into these jobs that nobody wants and you basically don't get orientation. It's just kind of like you roll in and you just start treating. And as a new grad, your your eyes are wide and you're, yeah, it could be a bad situation. Um, So we had a lot of shitty jobs, but we loved traveling because we would go for three to six months and then move again. And we were doing it together. And then in between contracts, you could take off. So um, like first we went to Chicago, we stayed there for the summer. Then we moved to San Francisco. And then, um, where did I go after that? I moved to Alaska for the summer and then, (laughs) and then I came back and then we went to Nepal and India for a few months and just like trekked around. And then we moved back to San Francisco and then I left and we went to Greece and Turkey. And then I went back to Boston and then I went back to San Francisco. Um, and I just felt like I was never done with SF. Like I was like, I know that I know that eventually I'll move back to the Northeast and quote settle down. But I just felt like I wasn't, I, I loved SF the first two times I lived there, but I didn't feel like I truly lived there. Like I didn't build a community there. So the third time I went, I went with a mission to like build community and I stayed for seven years and um, yeah. And then I met my husband a couple of years in and yeah. Yeah. So at what point did you get involved with November project then? When, so in in that like whole list, I moved back to Boston for three months. And the reason I did that was because flights from the West coast to the East coast for holidays was always so annoying. (laughs) So I came back and I worked here from October to February. So Yeah. So I was just here for all the holidays. And then um, I reconnected with Brogan and Boyan, who are the two co-founders and also Northeastern Huskies. They rode there. And so um, they were just starting it out. And so they sent me like a Facebook message, I think, and was like, like probably copy paste to everyone they knew, you know, it's like, come to this thing. It was all word of mouth at the beginning. And so I went and I was like, nah, this ain't for me because it, it was too many people and and it still was small. It was probably only 30 people there. But I was like so over the team sport scene. I was like done with racing and I just kind of wanted to run on my own. So I actually didn't go that often. Um, and then in between Boston and moving back out to SF, I went to Africa to work in Uganda at this triage center that my friend opened. And I was like, Hey, BG, like, can you ask if anyone wants to donate shoes, shirts? Like, we're going to be working with this, like, Catholic girls' school, and I'd love to just bring running gear out for them. And because this is like rural, rural uh, Uganda. And um, 
I don't even know anyone. I barely went to the workouts and my entire living room floor was completely full of shoes and shirts. And I had to fill up three massive, like, I don't know, 30 gallon buckets no with all this stuff to bring with me to Uganda. <laughs> and then I, and, and I was like blown away by it. And I was like, Oh, well, this is cool. This is how I'll build community in San Francisco when I get back there. And so like, that was like the whole scheme. And so that's how I started it in SF. Um, but it was really funny showing up to Uganda and having these three massive bins. And my friend picked me up at the airport and she's like, we are on like these little motorcycles. Like, what? <laughs> How are we going to get these there? Oh, shit. what are we doing here? And I was like, oh, I didn't think this through at all. <laughs> to start layering up. Here we go. We're going to tile the two. Yeah. I was like, put it on. It's like getting on a Southwest flight. <laughs> so did you say, did you say you started? November project in San Fran. Yeah. So So I was the leader there for a while. So, okay. My memory of November project is, um, and it's mostly because of Andrew Ferentz. Did you ever meet Andrew Ferentz? Of course. So I love Andrew Ferentz. If you ever run into him, you go, Eric from on the runs says, thank you for winning the Stanley cup. I'm going to, I'll text him right when we get off. And his daughter's going to Harvard next year, so I'm hoping to see him all the time because she's a rugby player. Andrew Ferentz played for the Boston Bruins, if you haven't Okay, I'm kind of getting the gist now. He's the guy who flicked (laughs) off the Montreal Canadiens, and I want that poster. He has it in his, like, workout garage in Edmonton. I DM'd him about it, and he never got back, but that was years ago. (laughs) So I follow – I love following people, and this is long before – this is when he played for us, and he started working out running the stairs at Harvard stadium. And yeah, I thought wow. it was only for the month of November. And then they built it into something else. You started it in SF. And I think he started it in Edmonton after years later. Yeah. Right after he was city four with his sister and this other friend of ours, Nadim, who didn't know Andrew before he was a fan as well. And then he of course became good friends with them, but yeah. Uh, and then the second city that we missed in between was Madison, which was Brogan's brother. Okay. Wisconsin. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I look back on that time with like heart eyes, you know, it was so much fun and we were, it built, it probably grew too fast. Uh, you know, got too big for our bridges and like, we didn't quite know how to manage it all. Um, so we definitely made some mistakes along the way, but we did have such an amazing time and with the best of intentions to just give people a free workout and to like give people a place to meet each other. Um, San Francisco is like an especially a lot of transport or transplants. There's a lot of people from the East coast or from Midwest that like, don't, you don't, it's hard as an adult to meet other people. And so that I think I met up with a group of six of them yesterday in a park. I haven't seen them in years. Um, they're all scattered all over the U S now. They just all happen to be in Boston at the same time. So we met up and I'm like, it just was such a special time in all of our lives. You know, now everyone's pretty much settled in different ways. And I don't know, we were all just kind of like in our late twenties, mid thirties and just kind of having a great time (laughs) That's awesome. and just trying to figure it out. So it was really, really fun. Funny side note about Andrew Ferentz. Yes. This is like total name dropping, but um, he has like a funny place in my memory because so me and the two co-founders and Brogan's brother um, kind of would have these like uh, separate summits 
Cause I ended up working with the two guys to be like part of the HQ as what we called it, but essentially just like helped manage the, the volunteer leaders and which turned out to be over a hundred and was a lot. Um, so we would have these meetups once a year and then we called them a simple summit and it was just the four of us. And one year it was at Andrew Ference's vacation home in, no, where was it? British Columbia. I feel like you're going to say Victoria. Yeah. Kelowna, like outside Kelowna. Oh, okay. And so, and so, um, so we had this like on the schedule. Well, my now husband proposed like the night before. <laughs> and so like, he like proposed, like we got engaged. And then the next morning he drove me to the airport at like 7am to like go have Bye. like <laughs> three nights with like five men like one's an nhl former nhl player these guys are like six foot six and i'm like bye <laughs> just, goes, just, just like really trust on your relationship is out of the yes <laughs> great to know yeah um so andrew has this like beautiful home which he now i think since sold but like beautiful beautiful vacation home and we all camped outside in the grass <laughs> We're going to camp outside today. Here, here's your shower and your room and your bathroom, but we're sleeping outside. Yeah, yeah. And it was all part of like the plan. And I, it was very sweet that he had this like big tent for the guys. And then his daughters um, decorated this small tent for me. And they like put all these like paper butterflies oh, and flowers oh. and it said the girl's tent. So they still like, they refer to me as the girl because they like couldn't remember my name. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, you know him real well. So yeah, if you talk to him one day, just say say thank you. I always say if yeah. I ever oh, run yeah. into those guys, I want to shake their hand and just say thanks. So I got to do it to Bergy. I got to do it to Bergy. When this when this comes out, I'll send it to him and I'll tell him to like fast forward. I go just fast forward. I'll, to, to I'll minute. clip this yeah. for you. So I'm going to clip it. <laughs> okay, okay. Andrew, <laughs> thank you for 2011. I love everything you did. You're the man. <laughs> Yes. How, how do you make that? I have the a heart, drink in my the hand. Heart symbol. Yeah. There you go. I'm like, you can't see yeah. it. There you go. No, a diehard Boston Bruins fan. A little sad right now. I had in our show notes to not for this one, but for the tros we did to talk about Bergie retiring and we forgot. Oh, see, I, he doesn't tell me these things and I don't have cable anymore. So sad. I don't watch the news. Still and, sad. Yeah. So, but that's so awesome. Sorry, bud. <laughs> that's so cool. Thank you for that little little side story. You just made his day. Yeah. <laughs> Even more so. Yeah. I mean, he's probably the most famous person I know. So <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. I, I remember like DMing him once just about that poster is awesome. Because he has it. It's like someone drew him giving Oh it's really see, fam- I can't even picture it. No, this so. is this is famous. So now this is long enough. It's gonna have to go on the YouTube channel. He <laughs> scored he doesn't he didn't score often, but he scored this big goal in Montreal in the playoffs. Okay. And he turns around and apparently there are some fans heckling him and he flicks the bird. And oh, the, that's like the powerful one too when you get right. the it's like, just like a boom. And so <laughs> he had to uh, everyone saw and said this is an awful look and everything, and he goes, Oh, they're brand new gloves, the finger got stuck. <laughs> he paid the fine i don't know it was like twenty five hundred dollars well worth it totally. <laughs> and we won the cup but all right <laughs> as i said in the email we go, all off, about tangents. we go off the tracks like i said so let's go let's go with your filming background because i know before you became the comedic content creator an awesome little paragraph you wrote on your website in the third person 
I read that too. That was amazing. Um, you actually were making films before. And my biggest question is you went to school for physical therapy. How, what, when did you get the equipment and decide to make your yeah, transition films? Yeah. So I, when I was with November project, I had a podcast called Wisconsin notes. Um, RIP oh. no longer exists, <laughs> but, uh, but that kind of like got me into, I mean, being a physical therapist, you're a good interviewer. That is 80% of the job. Like you need to figure out what is causing this person pain or um, weakness. And most of it is through interview. And so between that and then having the podcast and standing in front of that group in San Francisco three times a week, I got kind of good at just and far from expert, but just like, you know, the flow of an interview. And so um, I love old people. <laughs> uh, most of my patients are geriatric. And so I was trying to figure out how to combine the two. I've, I always kind of looked at my November project job as a creative position. Um, so I always got like to scratch that itch, which like physical therapy didn't do for me. And so when I stopped working with NP, I was like, well, what do I do now to, to fulfill, to fill that void? And so, um, I had a second kid and when I went back to work, I was like, okay, well maybe now's a good time to just start something new. So I was still working at the hospital as a PT, um, per diem. And then I started this, uh, legacy video and, uh, company, which is basically just interviewing people all about their life. And then you put it with photos and you make a beautiful two hour film for the families to have forever. And you were talking about the university of YouTube. I'm a fellow graduate. I learned everything on there. Um, many, 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 many hours, but you can really learn. I mean, I wasn't learning any crazy transition camera tricks, whatever, like a, a static interview is pretty basic. So I was like, I can do this. And so, but of course, as with anything, I wanted to learn more and learn more and challenge and make it better and make it, you know, and so at first I was like, yeah, just the basics, cheap camera, you know, we'll just have one tripod. And then all of a sudden I have four cameras and <laughs> with eight lenses and um, professional mics and la boom. Right. And, you know, right. um, it's like, so yeah, bringing so over I, more equipment to Erica's house. Oh, I brought mic booms now. And uh, yep. here's a third mic. Why do we need three? I'm going to run out of space. Of we, re we really do need to get our own <laughs> studio, but I digress. <laughs> Yeah, really? it's fun. And there, it was low stakes. I mean, I wasn't trying to spend a ton of money to run this hobby business. Um, but yeah, I did that for about eight months. And as with anything, you learn so much. And I basically learned like, these videos are an incredible undertaking to make. And you definitely have to charge more money than I was charging. But then I have such guilt because I'm like, who has this money just lying around? <laughs> so it was like this very, I was undercharging, overworking. And then I was like, wait, what, what am I doing? It also just never fully felt right. It felt like it was leading somewhere, but I wasn't doing what I was meant to be doing. And so I was just playing around with it. And I was like, okay, well maybe I'm getting better at, using the gimbal because this will lead somewhere in the future. So yeah. Then my friend told me you should 
just do something funny. And I did it once and I was like, oh, I could do this again. (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of led to where you're at now then, huh? Yeah, it just snowballed. At first I was like, I'll just do one a week and or two two a month. <laughs> and then it turned into like two or three a week. And then I was like, okay, well now I'm here. <laughs> you have like multiple projects going on at the same time. Like you're you're 30% done with this one, but today I'm gonna work on this one that I'm like almost done with. Yeah, definitely. Well, because also because um when you make ads for brands they have edits. So nothing's fully complete right away. You send it off and they're like, can you do this? Reshoot this, whatever. Um, If it's just for me, I'll write it, shoot it, edit it all on the same day. And then I don't even think twice. I just post it. (laughs) It I'm like, yeah, I don't think twice. I don't think too hard about the stuff that I just post for myself. I love it. So let's talk about some of our favorites, if that's okay. And maybe get the story behind them (laughs) or how you planned it. Or maybe like there's the one with Sam Long we'll get to. And I want to know, because I do triathlons. I want to know how that started. But I want to start with my personal favorite. And that is, I just ran a marathon. And you have the medal and you're like, hi, Erica. Like three hours later. This is what, oh, I was like, like how I never took it off. Yes. It's that, that my part is my personal favorite that when, when I might say, oh, you know, have you heard a lot? That's the one I share. I'm like, this is her. (laughs) And I think this is the best reel because I, I ask myself. So when I did my Ironman, it's like, how long do I keep the wristband on my wrist? And it was easily a week later. And it's like, how long do you hold onto the metal until your neck is too sore that you really have to take it off? And I just, I laughed because I related more so with the Ironman wristband. I'm like, yeah. I think I had mine on for a solid two weeks after my first Ironman. So now I have to fi- now I have to do an Ironman just to get the wristband so that I can do it. <laughs> Not only that, you get two because you get one that says you're a first time Ironman, and everyone's like, "Oh, good luck tomorrow, first Ironman." Oh, that's actually pretty clever on their part. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that one. So most of them, I'm making fun of myself. That one in uh, particular, I'm making fun of everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I totally appreciate that though, because you. Will I'm not a like- metal person. I am yeah. a metal person, but even me, I'm like, I, I just did this like three hours ago. Do I want to wear it to dinner? Like, <laughs> like I, I don't know. I feel it almost feels braggy. Like, so yeah. that's what I love. And then you're like questioning yourself. You're like, why would, why wouldn't I wear it? Like, I should thing. be so proud. And and that and that's part of it. And like, especially after one of the big ones, like the big majors, like everyone has it on. They have their jacket and their medal, mm-hmm. and they're proud. And there's n- I never want to take that away from people. I never want people to feel self-conscious <laughs> about wearing their medal. But I I still like it's just not me. Like I I take the medal and I put it in my bag. Like I don't even think I wear it back to my hotel. Like I <laughs> I the Paris marathon, I like whisked off to the right before like I was able to get one for whatever reason and I was like, oh, well, whatever. I just didn't get a medal. And the women I were with, they were horrified. They were horrified that I didn't get a medal. And they were like, like, we need need to bring you back to the finish. And I like, like humored them. So I went back to the finish and I was like, I didn't get a medal. And they're like, we can't prove it. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. Um, Yeah. So people are, I think one way or the other, you're either like 
like me, you're putting on street clothes and you're just going out to dinner as if nothing happened that day, <laughs> or you're in your head to toe, full gear, full metal. And I, and I think that like that video in particular is funny because people very clearly sit on one side or the other. Um, <laughs> uh, and they can at least laugh at it. I don't know. I love it. I'm kind of like one of those in-between people, though. Like, I will wear like my jacket so. and my medal out to dinner, and then it goes in my backpack for the rest of the trip, wherever I am, and then I'll hang it up when I get home. Yours gets <laughs> – she hangs her up. My, all mine go in a box. And one day – Yeah, mine are like – I don't know where mine so are. We're together in her living room, but sometimes we record separately, and I'm like, I'm going to create like a little studio with a background because she did that with hers upstairs in a spare room. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, that's where my Iron Man medal will go, and I'll just hang that one. Or and maybe maybe if You're I one do thing. Yeah, it's if I do Boston one day maybe, but I'm I'm the one where I wear it there and then you write bag, it goes in a box. You at least hang she has you should see her room. Hey, I paid for it. <laughs> I mean I might as well display it. Right. <laughs> totally it's thousands of dollars hanging on that wall right (laughs) you're not even you're not wrong oh my god yeah (laughs) so i know that you have a series of reels which crack me up because it it gets us talking so much so your strava athletes those are the (laughs) best because i feel like there's one of everyone in my friend's like list on strava we have like the 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 Peloton fanatic that's just like post, 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 post. And then we have like the, oh, oh I, I had a bad day today, like writing the whole like freaking A pair. Yeah, a, like a, a diary entry. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you know that? Like, is that from your experience, like your Strava list where you have all those friends that just annoy the shit out of you? Or like, how did yes. you come across those? <laughs> so I also, I posted a video that, a uh, story that day and I was like, I was like, to be honest, I'm not on Strava that much. My account is private. Um, I think I only follow 100 people and only 100 people follow me. And those numbers are from the very early days of Strava. Ah. So in San Francisco, obviously Strava, tech, whatever. We would try out these apps like far before they became like super popular. And we were on Strava, like kind of like how, I mean, I think you guys are my age. Like we were the first people on Facebook, you know, yeah, you the college, college email. And like, so it kind of felt like that. And then I would go through these like long periods where I would never post and I would never go on the app because I was too competitive <laughs> and not taking rest days. Um, and then when I came back to it, I just was like, I'm private and I'm also not going to really scroll that much. So People are like, well, if you don't scroll, then who are these fake people that you're ta- that you're so mad at? And I'm like, I'm not mad at anyone. Goodness. Um, some of it is, I mean, a lot of the skits I write and then I text my friends and I'm like, what did I miss? Or who did I miss? Uh-oh, or um, <laughs> Yeah. And I do have a couple of friends who like really help me write scripts. But for the most part, it's just kind of like a group thread of runners. And I'm like, did I miss anything? <laughs> this is the concept. Do you have an extra joke? Um, so yeah, that one in particular, I definitely like my husband, that's his only social media. Oh, really? <laughs> Strava. Yeah, he rides his bike. He loves Strava so much. So like, he was texting me a bunch throughout the day. Most I didn't use. But <laughs> um, there are people who are like on Strava and they that's their number one thing. So like those are the people that I went to to help me out with that. But 
I know, I know one of each of the ones that I, <laughs> the pet peeve ones. I know one. Of That's fantastic. Yeah. Some of them are my closest friends, and they're like, "Oh, I'm like, yeah." <laughs> I'm quite guilty of a lot of those too. So I, I can't say we actually have a group chat with another friend and we talk about it. And I'm like, I'm doing a Peloton ride. I got a couple rides. Don't worry. I'm going to go delete them all because it's also recording on my watch. And that's what I use. And so if I did yeah. five Peloton rides. It shows as five plus my watch and her and, and her friend are like, no, you can't delete. We already gave you a kudos. <laughs> you can't like, delete the kudos. I'm like, I'm deleting it. I don't <laughs> want someone to be like, Eric did this 20-minute ride and then this 30-minute ride and then a five-minute cool down. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. It's funny, though. And then I have people who, like, I will post, like, I'll be 30 seconds done with, a po- like, posting something and I'll already have, like, three kudos. I'm like, who is on this all the time? Like, <laughs> I, I know. Well, their main, I'm, I'm not their that main cool. source of... Of social media. Right? I think that like the, the people I was hanging out with yesterday, one of them said the same thing. He's not on social media, but he's on Strava. So like when you're bored and you go for that fix to scroll, <laughs> it's just on Strava, which that's very funny to me because like I post, I, I upload my run and then I, I don't look at it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, which for me is healthier. <laughs> someone, someone I do follow on Strava, hmm? Andrew Ferentz. There you go. Yep. You know what? He's always doing that Zwift. Yes, I never got into that, but he's 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 strong. I mean, he played in the NHL. So uh, here's a reel that when you put this out, my inbox filled up. We'll say 20, 20 people sent it to me. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm watching this and they're like, you need to get her because of probably the stories behind it. So that reel was when you go. You'll never regret going on a run, but I can tell you of all these times I regret gr- going on a run. <laughs> and I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm like, there's probably a great story here and a great story there. And off the top of my head, I can't think of all. There's the one of like the time when my boyfriend broke up with me and it was an out and back. <laughs> and when you listen to like, Yeah, that was a lie. That was a lie. <laughs> and you got the one about like the murder podcast. And so um, <laughs> you answered one of my questions about it. Multiple people have sent... Um, are the stories true? And if they are, could you share some of them with us? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really remember what I put in there. The bo- the boyfriend one was not true. Um, that that I got to give that concept idea to um, my friend Brito. She is married to my friend Chris, and Chris texted me. And we call call him the agent now. Like he's the one who's spitting out her ideas to me. Um, <laughs> But that was her idea. And she uh, she uh, was basically like, people are always like, you won't regret this run. Because we're just like making fun of influencers. All and the time. All the time. Motivational speakers in general. You'll you never forget a run. I never regret a run. But you do regret runs. You regret them all the time. <laughs> You're just not so vocal about it. Yeah. So some of them were straight from her text. And so... I don't know. Maybe those are true stories, but they are her true stories. Um, And then some of them I just like kind of made up. I mean, when those go in the woods and I'm like just like holding up my camera and running, that is like 99% ad lib. Like I don't don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. I'm just kind of random. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like if, if it ever involves like bathroom stuff, like, yeah, I've had bathroom stuff all over the place, you know, it's That's like, our specialty. I think, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course those are true. <laughs> That's how we were uh, yeah, born. But- we were running all the time together especially during COVID and our long run, she was mm-hmm. doing all the marathons. I was doing the triathlons and I constantly had to stop. And I even like had to prepare and bring baby wipes and whatever. And we're He's like, got a shit together. Yeah, That's well, literally it. I called it like the code Brown. And, and then I'm like, we need to come up with like a special wet wipe for this. And we'll call it <laughs> on the runs. And then later we talked about a podcast. Like, Oh, we already have the name. There we <laughs> That's go. That's how I was born. It. My bathroom breaks is how this was born. I love that. <laughs> I think any runner can relate to oh, it. Yeah. I mean, even if it's like, like pretty manageable, like it's not like I have it daily. Something's like that would be a, a problem, right. I think. But um, well, yeah, I think we can all relate to that, like that sprint home yeah. or like that panic or just the emergency. Um, and then like I think other things I put in there were weather things related, which is. I mean, I, I'm very vocal about the fact that I hate running in the heat and <laughs> 10 minutes into any hot run, I regret being out there. And I'm like, this isn't worth it. This is not worth it. <laughs> She's with you there. I feel like this is oh, probably the worst summer I've ever had running wise, just because I'm trying to be outside yeah. more. Like I do have a treadmill, but my basement is swampier than outside half the time. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, you don't want it's that. so gross. Yeah. So I've been trying to be better about it, but you walk out the door and you melt. <laughs> beautiful someone i was on a run with someone at like the end of the mm-hmm. month in june and i was like oh man it's just been so beautiful and everyone's like what are you talking about laura like it hasn't stopped raining and i'm like yeah but it's like cool like i don't care about the rain the rain to me is still beautiful july 1st hit and it's been a million degrees and humid ever right. since but as we're sitting here recording it, isn't it the most beautiful day hey. outside? Oh, ever? and this yep. week is going to be. Yep. This, yesterday this was even better, though. Like, I think yesterday got yeah. to like 78 degrees with like 40% humidity. Oh. I was like, oh, never coming. Inside. So I think we paid for it in July, and then I have high hopes for August. I have Fingers crossed. It's going to get good. It's going to. Really hoping two weeks for your race. It yeah, is I got needed. I got myself an ultra coming up, and it's a 12 hour race, and so it starts at 7 p.m. though. Is it like a, one of those backyard ones, like a yep, looped one? Yep. So it's it's kind of nuts that way. But if the weather is nice, it is the most wonderful thing. It's on like the coast of Rhode Island and you just get the water and it's fantastic. You're shaking your yeah. head. What are you thinking? <laughs> I get this a lot. <laughs> I know. I, I think I need to just experience one, but those seem like the absolute, those, it feels like a form of torture. Uh, right? It depends how you, how you look at it. If it was hot and humid. Is it yeah. like a four mile loop and you have an hour to complete? Oh, oh no, no, is no. Like this one? is, um, it's just like a timed ultra. So I have 12 hours to run whatever I can. So it's, they have six, 12 and 24. So you can take breaks if you want. You can take a nap. Like you don't have to do on the hour, like laps. Where, how hour. long is the loop? Uh, this one's just shy of two and a half miles. Oh my gosh, it's so short. No <laughs> way. She might like the hair. I can't though. even double back. I can't even do a, a out and back route. On, <laughs> that's, because right, I'm like, that's too boring. That's too boring. And I will be too bored and I will like want to walk home. Like I can't imagine doing the same loop. It does, it does oh. get kind of repetitive, but I mean, it's still. I, I you know, does this I, just go to show how crazy I am? Like I'm like, this is fun. Is it road? Uh it's, or it's trail? trail and road kind of. 
it's like a mixture. So it's it's in a state park. It's it's a Colt State Park in Rhode Island. So it's it's nice. Like I really enjoy it. It's a night race. Twelve hours. Twelve hours is manageable. Mm-hmm. I feel like as far as ultra. But it's seven go. p.m. to seven a.m. <laughs> oh. So that's why I'm like, please don't let it be a humid ass day slash night. And <laughs> Laura thinks I'm crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> night running to me is like. Your oh, next reel, it's going to be goodness. making fun of you. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm coming for you. That's definitely on the list. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I've had skits that are half written. I have a bunch that are half written. Well, it would be my um, honor to be made fun of by you. <laughs> Hey, she gets two wristbands for people who can go be crew support. I will give mine up. Well, I'll give mine up for you if you want to go make content at the race. There's a bunch of crazies. You'll save me in the babysitting cost. This this particular race is like they do it on purpose because it's usually the hottest weekend of the year. So they want to make you miserable. They want to make sure you almost die. (laughs) Like not not actually. Have you done the Falmouth Road Race? I have not yet. No. Is that one usually? Well, first, like they douse you in gasoline. Like at the start, they like throw a bunch of gasoline on you, and then they light them out, light you on fire, and then go, "Hey, have at it." (laughs) It is so hot. It is so hot. That's basically this race. It's like eleven a.m. or something Ah. insane on a sunny Cape road with no shade. I mean, it is so torturous but um but it's beautiful and you end you end by the ocean so see i'm disgusted by like an 11 a.m race yet here i am like oh i'll start at like seven o'clock at night and just just run through the night (laughs) she's crazy i mean to be honest that for my pale you know heat hating skin that would be easier for me but I think the I think the darkness would just like really screw with my brain. I think <laughs> it'd be does. hallucinating within the hour. It kind of does, <laughs> yeah. But eh, it's, it's fun. <laughs> I'll I'll say as a a Sharpa, I really enjoyed being there. With, well, yeah, because you get all to, the other he's Sherpas. sitting by the snack table. Yeah. Like the, the fact they come by every twenty three minutes was actually pretty awesome. Yeah. Versus like oh two more hours I'll see her. I like right. So for a Sherpa or just a crew, whatever. I like the yeah. short course, but I've yet to dabble in ultras. And it, when I do, it'll probably be that one, but we'll see. Just because I've been there. I feel like I mm. have to. Yeah. Yeah. So where were we? Triathlon. Perfect <laughs> right, <take> segue <laughs> to oh, okay, Sam yeah. Long. And I think you even flew out there to him. And why I love this is this past weekend was a sprint triathlon and a couple friends of ours did their first. And I would go swim with them in the open water. And I said on the last swim, okay, I'm going to like purposely bump into you and touch your feet (laughs) and elbow you. I did this to Nicole. And after I sent her this reel because of the scene of just Sam Long and you in the pool. And he goes, you ever been to a rock concert? You ever been in a moss pit? Think of that in the water. And you trying to swim and he's like all over you. He so okay so the way that that got set up was Asics held they wouldn't call it this but I called it this like a content circus <laughs> <laughs> a carnival um in Boulder and they invited these creators a lot of podcast hosts um videographers photographers whatever and people like me which there's not many people like me but like <laughs> just like fall into a weird category and 
they invited us out for two days and they also had, I think five or six professional athletes there. And so there were like dinners and like events where like Emma Bates did a panel and just like chatted about shoes and what's coming up. So we each got a different time slot with different professional athletes. So I had a time to film with Flora Duffy, a time with Sam Long, and then an hour with um, Emma Bates. And so I had like all these concepts that basically they could just choose from. And the one of like doing the, essentially it's, I want to train for a triathlon, but I travel a lot. Like how can I train for a triathlon in a hotel? So like at first the idea was for me to just be swimming into a shower head. Like I would just be like pretending. <laughs> yeah. to but then we had this beautiful pool and I was like, well, it's beautiful. So let's just do that. And my brother does a bunch of Ironmans and it's very good at them. Um, and he sent me that um, commercial, the cliff bar commercial from like 10 years ago where they are sprinting. They're doing a water start. So they're sprinting off the beach into the water. And then his friends are taking oars and paddles and like trying to drown him. And so I was like, oh, maybe we just do like a play off of that, which basically it's, I mean, it's nothing new or novel, but it's like, let's talk about the, the swim because that is probably the the most intimidating part, I think, as a runner to like, oh, I will agree with you on that. That is what's holding me back from trying one because I'm terrified of like drowning in the water. I'm not a swimmer. Totally. Yeah. It's scary. Um, Which did they like eliminate beach starts? Is that a thing? It depends on the venue, right? Yeah. Yeah, Everyone's different. Like I know in Kona, you have to like go in the water and you're treading water. Um, Mine was a beach start, but it was everyone I've done was a beach start, but it was like a four four people go at once and you walk out. Right there. Uh, um, I think it's not like the the sprint anymore because I think like a lot of people probably would get kicked in the head. It was just like too. Yeah, as mm. far as the age groupers go, I don't think they let you go in a mass. Like the pros all go together at once in a in a one big mass. The age groupers they spread yeah. out, and everyone I did. Um, mm. So I've done a few. I've only done one full, but I've done not. like four halves. And bad news, I haven't even told you, Iron Man just canceled Mount Tremblant. I was going to go in two mm. years, my 40th birthday. Wait, to like canceled it altogether? Yeah, they're not renewing oh. it. Oh, that sucks Sad. for you. I'm sorry. Mm. I have to go to, I don't know, maybe Madison. You've mentioned Madison. I heard it's nice there. <laughs> it is. It's beautiful. Beautiful, great city. Um, but yeah, so so Sam was very funny because Flora was amazing and she was down for anything and she was actually like a naturally amazing actress. Like she just (laughs) kind of picked up on it. Um, And she had some funny input too. Um, Sam was, he had such little brother energy to me. Like, (laughs) I mean, he is like 10 years younger than I am, but um, he, he just has this like little kid down for anything. His eyes were wide and like, he had no idea who I was. And to be honest, I had just started following him probably a month earlier. Cause I'm not a tri person, but, but so it was like this very funny thing of he's like, well, what does she even do? Like, what are we, what are we doing? But I'm like, just trust me. Uh, <laughs> and the mosh pit line was all him. He was the one who like, I didn't script any of it. I just asked him, I was like, what is it like? And then he just came out with it. 
And then when we got in the water, I was like, try and drown me. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, just try and drown I me. I laugh. And he's like, pushing so on your head. Like, he went for it. I, I wish I put a GoPro on my wetsuit because <laughs> – the way that I was like both laughing and like screaming under the water and like just I genuinely was like, oh, I hope he stops soon. I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was really funny. I, I mean, I have an older brother and a younger brother. And so it just felt like childhood again, you know? <laughs> like, I, and then he's like, was that too hard? I'm like, no, I actually want you to be like a little bit more aggressive. And then. <laughs> I was like, and now I want you to pull on my foot. And he's like, pull you all the way back. I was like, just pull me across the pool. <laughs> so it was so very well. fun. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Like he was excited, but like nervous because I think any man in that position would feel a little nervous. <laughs> but I was like, go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> I loved it. I like I, I I relate a little bit to every one of yours, so I think you do a great job. Oh, thank you. I sent him one today that I feel like your uh, your five minute abs one. Yeah. So, oh my god. So I I was watching this and I was like, all right, awesome. I'm gonna get a really good like ab workout from you. And you just lay down, and I was like, this this is number one because not only is does this relate to you, but this is why I like yoga for the savasana at the very end where you just lay there because they work me out and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't move my muscles anymore. This is like, all I need is just to rest. (laughs) It's, it's relatable because I'll do all the drop offs and stuff and I'll be like, I'm going to work out. I'm going to go get on the bike or do this. And then I get busy doing something else and it never happens. Sit down for a minute. (laughs) And I work from home on Fridays half the time. I work in my bed because I'm too tired to walk five feet to the desk. I'm just like with the computer on the bed, right? Totally. And like, it's so exciting getting to Monday, which I don't know how many parents want to admit that, but I think like Monday, I'm like, yes, we made it to Monday. So excited to have just a few quiet hours to work. And then and then I'm like, I'm gonna work out. Yeah, and then I'm gonna have like, a good I'm week. So tired. You're thinking Saturday night. Oh, I'm gonna start a real good workout routine on Monday. I'm gonna join up for this Peloton challenge or something on Monday. <laughs> then Tuesday comes around. Oh, I forgot to do it. Yeah. Oh no, man, like- it's wild though when you have kids. Everything gets reversed, right? Like I used to like couldn't wait till the weekend, and now like of course I enjoy my weekends, and of course I enjoy my kids, but. In terms of just like rest and relaxation, yep. that happens during the week, you yeah. know? No, it's so, it's so true. <laughs> so true. Like even w- we won't get into the, the depths of the stroller one because the stroller <laughs> one's very popular and I know you've talked about it a lot, but like relating, when you picked your son up and sniffed his butt, I'm like, <laughs> yep, that's that that now is normal in my life. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, yes. Nope. It was you. Even with that, we were just talking to one of our like other guests. I don't even think we've released this episode yet, but uh, we were talking about how crazy like hard it is to push a running stroller. stroller. And I was watching that video and just the wheel in the front was like, <laughs> oh, I was you like, gotta oh, lock the wheel. You have God. to lock the wheel. I know. Everyone's obsessed with locking the wheel, but I hate locking the wheel because it doesn't give you the ability to quickly maneuver around Right. It's true. Like (laughs) if I were if you were on a normal like jogging path that's nice and paved, yeah, you can lock the wheel. But if you're city running and you're trying to 
you can't lock that wheel. So I don't ever lock it. But I don't, I also really don't stroll yeah, around. I, like, I couldn't. And now my kids do. And he hasn't been right, in a I've done a couple. And, I'll have to yeah. share with you later the picture of the one stroller 5K I did. You know the photo. Oh, yeah. But She's, I see your thing. How things. old was your daughter in it? Like three or four? She was three. My daughter did not like that stroller run. That's the photo. I'm her, like, her face is like. I'm at the finish line. We're cruising. She didn't even want to get dressed up. She's in a dress. When I say dressed up, I'm like, why don't you put on some running clothes? <laughs> she, she had the best. <laughs> um, I will I will send that your way. But I, yeah, just, just I think everything you do, uh, somehow I relate, whether it's my own personal experience or I'm just like, that's funny because I see that. And that's mm-hmm. that's out there. Yeah. There's like, there's, there are a couple things that people will like want me to do. Like people really want me to make fun of uh, people who wear the race shirt on race day. Oh. <laughs> and like, like the, and like Disney runners, people love to make fun of Disney runners, <laughs> but I don't ever want people to feel bad about like, that's typically a newbie. And like, I don't want my role to be to come in and make fun of newbies to make you feel ostracized. Right. Like. Enchanted. That's not the point of this. The point is for everyone to feel like they're inside the, on the yeah. joke, like they're in on the joke. And so for like, for me, like the, the metal one was kind of towing the line, right? Uh, <laughs> I didn't want people to feel totally offended, but that's why you go to like six, 12 months. And it's so ridiculous exactly. that people can you take it off. Money, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she'll make a post about, I think it was, was it Zach Miller? Zach, Zach Miller. Miller. Zach Miller. And like Zach everyone's Miller, sending yeah. me this, but no, Zach's a cool guy. And I didn't know about him until that day. But oh, good. I like introducing Yeah. People and to and you're like, no, I'm not going to make fun of Zach because he's awesome and he's really good and an advocate for this and that. And and you make posts, whether it's a reel or your story, and they're just good. The one I actually liked most recently, I don't know if it was a reel or story, but you were running and your kid was biking. And I've, I've, um, I just reached that last fall. I love it. It's the best. So we go biking and skiing together. Love doing everything with my kids. They tire me out. I'm exhausted. Yeah. But I love it. So, and I, I know. know. It's the best. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's why we had kids, my husband and I. It's like, you just want more buddies to do fun things with. So, so like, they're just like our friends who are out on a hike with us now. Um, and like, I of course don't want to wish time away, but I do look forward to like them, like truly holding their own, uh, on a bike ride or something like that. But it, for what we have right now, it's pretty good. So just a couple more years, right. Then, then there'll be a little more yeah. salsa. It will, like everyone says it will go super just fast. More so snacks. Like, That's all they're going to need. <laughs> yeah. So many snacks, trick, so many piggy the bars. The trick I've learned is you just got to keep them comfortable, whether that's food or for me skiing, I got to mm. keep her warm. If she's mm. too cold, it's a miserable mm. day. Cause we go every weekend. Trick was keep her warm. And then mm-hmm. we go like double our runs. Yep. Yep. All right. I got to bring yeah, up now. Too. So this is kind of real related, but kind of not, but you had mentioned earlier the Paris Marathon, and you were there with Dina Castor. And I just want to know how the hell did you get set up to hang out with Dina? And I'm just so interested in that because she is like an amazing Olympian and she's just a total star. So I want to hear all about that experience. She's an icon. Um, so back to ASICs again, they they were the ones who set up this uh, run. Um they invited, I think, something like 30-plus uh, specialty store owners, um, all female. So cool. 
on this trip to Paris and you were given the option to run or if you didn't want to run, like it wasn't an obligation, but it was, it was like this really nice, beautiful trip. A thank you to those specialty store owners. Um, especially there it's, you know, like run industry in general, but I'm assuming in retail, um, women hold a very small minority. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Getting people, and then there was like a handful of people that you would call media, but it's just like <laughs> content creators, influencers, whatever. And then everyone got a plus one. It was like the most generous thing I've ever seen from a brand. <laughs> um, I was not invited, but I started going on podcasts after the New York City Marathon. I heard about this trip through one of the people who were going. And so I had no reason to be there or invited. <laughs> But uh, people would say, what are you training for? And I'd be like, I'm training for the Paris Marathon. And they're like, oh, you're going? I'm like, not yet. I'm waiting for my invite from ASICS. And it was a bit. And I just kind of kept it rolling. And um, eventually one of the ASICS guys heard it. He was listening to Carrie Tolufson and was like, wait, who am I even listening to? Like, who's Laura? (laughs) You're saying it worked. He's more green. Like I think someone sent it to him and then he was listening and he was like, okay. So then like he sent it to his boss and his boss, Karen, was like, bring her along. Yes, amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. And so Dina was on that trip. She's a, a longtime ASICS athlete. And um, it was just the best. She is uh, one of us. She's absolutely, there's, there's, isn't a, a dash of um, hubris to her. She's <laughs> just amazing. And from like the very first dinner, I of course was very intimidated to meet her. I was like nervous, starstruck. Um, and that pretty much vanishes within like five minutes of talking to her because she's so down to earth and she was so excited. She was so delighted to be in Paris. She set up a croissant making class for herself oh and she loves to bake and she's like, I don't know how I'm going to bake these croissants at 7,000 feet because she lives in Mammoth. Ooh. So she's like, I need to figure out that conversion. I'm like, I don't know. She's so cute. She loves to have a glass or two of wine with dinner. And she just, uh, the way she was like bebopping around the city, she's so tiny and, and pocket size. And I love that because I'm so big. People don't realize like I'm nearly six feet tall. So like, uh, like me and Dina next to each other was always a funny <laughs> sight. Um, uh, yeah. And then we were, she ran the marathon on absolutely no training. I at least had like a base of training. Mm-hmm. She had zero training. She did one, two hour run on a treadmill, like <laughs> two weeks before the race. Um, and they had record snow in mammoth this year. So she just like, didn't get any outdoor running mm-hmm. in. And she still ran faster than me. It was her slowest marathon ever, but it was still faster than the rest of us. I was going to see like um, stars. They're just like us. But then she goes and does that. It was like, it was absolutely that. I can't go do that. Yeah. But it was so, it was, I, I need to like sit down and write these things down because this story in particular is, it may not be my most exciting story, but it's one of like my most prized personal stories of running to the start of the Paris marathon with Dina Castor, who has never started a race with the general public. So she's always been with the elite at the front of the race. You know, you get bust right to the start and then like you have private porta potties, you jump into the race and then you're a good, you know, a couple minutes ahead of everyone. So there's no, there's not a huge crowd issue. I mean, 
we ended up being two miles from the start. We thought we were like a half mile oh, from the no. start. We ran two miles to the start before the start. <laughs> a good shakeout for your warm-up run. There you go. We were like looking for porta potties and then kind of gave up on that. And then the way that it like is organized is they had these huge chain link fences that separate the the people cheering from the runners. And we didn't go into the running corrals because we were like, well, our corrals way up oh. towards like closer to the front. So, but they didn't have any more entrances. You know how like along the way you can sneak right. in. There was none of that. So we're getting closer and closer. We hear the national, the French national anthem. I mean, we're the race is about <laughs> And we are on the wrong side of the fence. And I'm like, all right, Dina, I'm willing to sacrifice any time. Like, I don't care. I don't, I, I don't care what I'm running. So I'm going to hoist you over the top of this fence. Like I, I, I have no problem doing that. I was like looking at the, the space b- below the fence. I was like, maybe you can fit Dina. Maybe we can slide you under. <laughs> We got all the way to basically the starting line and there was a tiny crack. And and I was like, yes, and we both we snuck through the fence. We got to the other side with the race hadn't started yet. We were hugging. I love that. We were like so tired. Because not only did we run, but we were like emotionally drained. Already. And that's even before the race starts. That is just incredible. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. And then, and so then the race started and I was with her for a few miles and then I lost sight of her and I figured that actually she was way ahead. I figured that I just kind of lost her, but she ended up um, kind of like tucking in behind this pace group behind me. And then the, the pace group was bothering me because they were just like taking up so much room. So I remember I surged to get ahead. I was probably only 10 meters ahead of her the whole time, but I just didn't know. And then, so then they like caught me and um, like she had never like done like a, a water station. Like she's oh. never, you know, like she just have, have her bottles. Yeah. So, and then in Paris, they don't have cups. They have actual plastic water bottles. It's so wasteful. Oh. It's terrible. But people, they were they weren't that often. There was only a handful the whole race, and so when they would come up, people were just diving across the street. Some of them were on bends. Like imagine, like taking a tight left turn, and then all of a sudden the water oh, station's no. right there. So like people don't even see it coming. So then they're like cutting each other off. Dina gets her leg tangled in a man, and I like lose my show. No. And I'm like, no, oh, we must protect her. At all costs. So I start like, I'm like, tuck behind me. It was so funny. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, she ended up like taking off. I think after around like 14 is when I like really lost her and then she she left. Um, but that race is super credit. It's so fun and it's <laughs> it feels like you're in the Tour de France, like the way that the, the fans have no barriers. So like sometimes you're in like oh, a single no. file line. It feels like, um, so it's very crowded and it's hard to make any real moves, but, um, for someone like my speed, it was kind of, the logistics sound kind of terrible, not going to lie, but I I would probably love it. Ideal. I mean, it's the biggest marathon in the world. Something else. I don't don't think I knew that either. Yeah. They have over 50,000 runners and they just aren't prepared right for it. and that's the problem that yeah. is just so fun uh, that this was like dina's first 
like true marathon experience because yes you can have the elite experience and that's awesome but like even in one of your reels like you showed her at her her very first marathon expo which is like amazing my god which was not a planned thing i just started i go i go who has their phone i didn't have my phone Mm -hmm. with me i was like give me your phone i need to start recording this it was the most endearing thing on the planet i'm sure she loved it though finding her name on the wall but that's genuinely her mm-hmm. like there is no there's no act there's nothing she was so delighted just to be there and then she ran like a 3 10 3 15 marathon which is very slow for her and but had no embarrassment about it like i think like the rest of us would be like yeah i mean this was an hour slower than i can run <laughs> or have her, run her PB, but- i think is like what a 219 or something like that holy shit. yeah so i can see that a 310 is like slow but holy shit like in my world it's so i mean that was like that's pedestrian it. for her <laughs> But instead, she was like, it was a great race. I had so much fun. She goes, it was hard. She goes, I had to talk to my legs. I said, Dina, Dina, your legs. Okay, I hear you. I see you. But I, we're going to finish this. And I'm like, it's so sweet that she wasn't like, oh, yeah, that was just really easy. Like, instead, she was like, no, that was still hard mm-hmm. because I just wasn't ready for a 26 mile run she winged <laughs> or should i say 28 we did a 28 yep. mile oh, on that yep, yeah you did it <laughs> uh this has been fun it's so incredible listen you've been awesome and, and super gracious with your time we have two big questions we always ask it's always the same questions but oh. i go creeping through your instagram and i always make it to the bottom I, at least i try to with you i was able to in fact your first ever picture had one like it's of the uh, golden gate bridge so i was your second like today my personal <laughs> i was your second like i'm like i need to like this photo and so i find i find a photo in your instagram try to go non-running non-run, related and i want to hear the story behind it or something and i could have gone with skiing or camping or pooping ballard that looked hilarious Oh, pooping Valor. She was in my last I just did I just did an episode of Alley on the Run and I brought up my friend Ballard and then now here she is on this podcast. That's that's pooping Ballard right <laughs> there. Oh my god. Wait, which one is Oh is Ballard she the is one actually the these are all my like, <laughs> these are all my college teammates. Yeah. She's the one like Oh yeah, no, she, one, no, she, like, no, she's that's her. Oh, oh. She's the one coming. She's out. the poop. Yeah, she's, she's the poop. The, yeah, <laughs> I get it now. But that's not the one I picked. Uh, that that's a great one. The one I picked is you and let's see, seven or eight, you know, well dressed gentlemen, and you're talking about a guy named Craig who you met 27 years ago, and I think you called them in the screenshot cut off, but like your wolf pack or something. Here's the photo. Looks like you're all at a wedding or something. Oh, yeah. Tell Uh us about those guys he grew up with and Craig and and the story behind that photo. Okay, so that photo was taken, I think, 10 days postpartum with my first kid, um, which is wild that I was at a wedding. (laughs) But kind of like that's like your classic first kid move, you know, (laughs) like like just you're so ignorant to like how you're going to feel. So you RSVP. Yes. Um, but also, uh, it, it's a testament to who Craig is. So Craig Fletcher has been in my life since kindergarten and we went to 
all of our school together, all the way through high school, college, and then we both live in Boston now. And so he's been in my life as long as essentially my siblings have been. <laughs> um, and all those guys are my high school friends. I was definitely not like the popular, um, like the pretty girl in high school that everyone wanted to date. I was just one of the guys. And so they all had girlfriends. And then like, there was me (laughs) who was just like, there slinging jokes with them. Um, so yeah, I, I feel really lucky. A lot of those guys are still very big part of my life. We, it's weird that like, we all went we grew up in New York, but we all went to Boston colleges. So between Wentworth, Northeastern, BU, BC, we all ended up kind of in New England for a while. So yeah, I mean, they're assholes. <laughs> Those are the best of I love them and hate them all at the same time, but that's how it goes. I actually think you wrote that. You wrote something along the lines. Again, the screenshot's taken away, but- I love it. You wrote something along those lines as they're assholes and they're the best bunch of assholes I've ever known in my life. So <laughs> That sounds right. Yeah, that's something I would write. <laughs> before you do yours, um, Boston sports or New York sports? Uh, I To be honest, I don't really give a shit. Um, <laughs> I grew up in a family that was like insane about their Yankees. And so... I will cheer for the Yankees over the Sox. Um, but like, I don't watch baseball. So like, I don't care. And then <laughs> my husband's diehard pa- Patriots. So I'll cheer for the Patriots. Um, I suppose. I, yeah. I just, that's fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally down. I love going to a Sox game. I think it's a lot of fun to go to, but I have no clue who even plays for them right now. Yeah. The ruins and I'm still sad about it. But, I'm still sad they got rid of Mookie yeah. Betts. He was my favorite. <laughs> I enjoy it. Like, I'll enjoy going to a game, but no, I do I know a single player? Nope. No. Yeah. It's been a long time, so I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. All right. My question is not quite so difficult. Well, usually he's like, Oh, she's got the hardest Here's question the ever. Big question. And I'm like, no, it's not. And usually I don't <laughs> prep people. This is a big deal. This is huge. This is the big question. Tough one. You're gonna be <sighs> stumped by it. So my question is, <laughs> you're just laughing. Uh, we have a Spotify playlist and we like to invite our guests to add a song to it. So whether it's something you listen to while you work out or just something that pumps you up, do you want to add something to it? Oh, yeah. Um, my So wh- the last two training cycles I've gone through for uh, marathons, mm-hmm. I on my long run, strictly listen to Florence and the Machine. It's like, it's, it's become like, so now if I just hear her come on, my heart rate increases, my pace increases. It is just, um, it's visceral, you know, just a, a reaction that happens just by listening to the music. Her music, I can completely zone out to yet also I, I get faster with. So it's become this and it, and it's something I associate only with marathon training. Mm -hmm. So like right now I'm not training, so I don't listen to her at all. Uh Um, But I would put Florence in the machine. I would put free on there right here. And on it goes. She's adding it now. Nice. You've been awesome. So gracious with your time. I'm, I'm just amazed with, cause this is a long form podcast. It's turned into and, the, everyone who we've had on has had no problem. And I'm like looking at my watch. I'm like, oh, 
man, we're going long again. Mm-hmm. You're so nice. You're so great. <laughs> Thank you for doing this for us. Oh, good. I had a, I had a blast. Yes. We really appreciate it. And we're, we're so excited to see what's going to come up next for you. Like we know you're going to Budapest, right? We're going to cover all the, the world track. This whole month is focused on Budapest and how to just like knock it out of the park. So we can't um, wait to see what you come up with. And I hope you have a blast. Hope you get to meet some awesome athletes and, and get be, out. <laughs> and I would like to just give you the opportunity to pump the tires of any of your brands or sponsors or people, friends, yeah. family, especially if- scratch lab, which by the way, I use all the time. And uh, you cracked me up over your little like thing where you're like, here's some scratch. And it goes like all over the place. <laughs> And I'm like, no, that's like $6 a scratch. I just honestly Um, worth it. Worth it. um, No, I mean, I'm not tied to any particular sponsor. I love them all. Uh, I love all the shoes that I've been gifted. I feel really lucky. Uh, But no, I'm not like exclusive with anyone. So just follow me. I am my own brand. (laughs) Share your, share your Insta tag and stuff. Uh, Oh, I'm Laura McGreen. And I'm on TikTok barely, and I'm on YouTube like once a year. So nailed it. <laughs> Find me on Instagram. <laughs> Love it. Keep doing what you're doing. Have fun. Maybe I'll run into you someday. More likely on a ski mountain than on a running trail, but it'll be it'll, it'll be yeah. fun. If- yeah, that's awesome. Laura, thank you. You were amazing. This was so much fun. That was so fun, Laura. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Laura Green on the On the Runs podcast. Oh my God, Laura, you were the freaking coolest. We had such a blast talking to you. I am just blown away. Like you exceed all expectations. <laughs> you're humorous. You're you're just like so chill to talk to. We we had an absolute blast. So thank you for spending so much time with us. That was Yay. a ton of fun. <laughs> that was so much fun with Laura. I I want to say when I was I was watching, we already followed her. And we already watched a ton of her reels. And I'm like, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day. But then everyone starts sending me, especially the one with the metal and the one about running in the woods and the running uh, stories that uh, running that she would regret. Like, you, you'll never mm-hmm. regret going on a run. And she goes, I can tell you all the times I regretted it. Everyone was <laughs> sending us that reel. And like, you need to get her on. And I was like, all right, let's I'm let's so shoot happy it actually happened. That was so cool. Yeah. So and then and then the fact that she knew Andrew Ferentz. How cool was that? I. <laughs> I went a little. I went a little too hard on the fanboy there about Andrew Ferentz and the Boston you, Bruins. You did. I really did. Your fanboy was showing. I noticed those things when I'm editing the podcast, and I'm like, "Oh, Eric, Eric, calm down, buddy, calm down." <laughs> yeah, Take you went a little easy. ham on it. Yeah, I did. So that was a ton of fun, Laura. Thank you for coming on the pod. It was a blast. She's in Budapest the best. right now, just like absolutely like loving. How life freaking in cool! Ugh. I would love to do that. I would love to just go and check out all the track and field events. And so you would be I hope into she's the having track a and field events, huh? That would be like, that's. Why that's... not? It's really cool. Like, honestly, I feel like I would be more like Miss um, Space Cadet, Mrs. Space Cadet, who. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because cool, yeah. I don't know anything about it. So it would kind of be like the normal person trying to figure out I, the uh, track and I field events. I could see that. Okay. I could totally see that because mm-hmm. you don't know and you're trying to learn. That That is definitely. Yeah. Yeah, because she was doing like javelin and trying to do the hurdles and things and a long Shot jump. Put. Like, yeah. I don't know what's a good distance for that kind of stuff. I don't know what a good speed is for, for like the track events, but it would be so cool and riveting to watch. Yeah, I'm sure she's having cool. a blast out there. 
Well, maybe one day you can do that. I was thinking more our jam would be like going to world marathons or UTMB and having little mini live shows there and talking to the the field and the regulars and the pros and about getting their stories. We could do it I'd all. I love any of that, honestly. That it's just being around the sport that I love so much. It would just well, be very cool. Talking about putting on a show. We were on a show for the first time last week. How cool is that? We were on another podcast. We're on oh the other my side God. Of the Big shout out to the Cultura Trail Running Podcast. They were just so much fun. I mean, I I don't feel like I'm interesting enough to be on another podcast. So thank you for having us, guys. Like we we had such a fun time. Let's talk about this. So on the show was Art, Celeste, Regan, and Frank. And the way Fred. we got on this was we were Fred. in Fred. We were doing the Anchor Down Ultra in Celeste because mm-hmm. we know Celeste from last year at Hamster Wheel. Yeah, a couple of she, races. And she stuff, basically yeah. saw you in the aid station, pulled you aside, go, I need to talk to you. And you two had a conversation <laughs> we, in we the woods. We walked a little bit of a lab. Yeah, that was a good part, like a good spot in the woods to talk to me because I was definitely not going fast and I had the wherewithal to form words. So it, that's when she told you, asked you to come on the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, you tell me when and where I, I'm flexible. I'm free. So it was, yeah, it was we made totally it happen. Cool. It was cool to see it different from the other side and how they did things. Yeah, they did this one thing. So they have a ton of Patreon supporters where they have over 100 and they had us read mm-hmm. their names. But the Patreon supporters, you know, they you choose whatever name they want to choose. Like your favorite was. Do you remember? <laughs> Shit. Something Barbie, wasn't it? No, it was Bikini Chicken. Bikini. Oh, I was Barbie. Yeah, Bikini Chicken. But then yours was <laughs> Fuck Arby's. <so laughs> we, yeah, there were some real gems. Because he was names. right. Arby's is overrated. Yeah, they had some real gems of names. Plus, a lot of them were just really hard for us to pronounce. So apologies yeah. to them for butchering their names. It, it was a ton of fun being on the podcast. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Art and Celeste, Regan, Fred, for having us on the pod. Uh, ep- it was episode 251. They've been doing this for a while. Yeah. They're based out of Connecticut. So that was really cool. It was a lot of fun. It was re- it was cool to just be on the other side of things, like you yeah. said. I mean, it. I was kind of thrown for a loop because we didn't have any notes. We just kind of won it. No show it. notes, and I was no like, guidelines. What are we talking about? We talked about penguins for a little while. <laughs> like That was before you jumped on, but... it. Random, random conversations. Yeah, I, I listened. Got and some I wasn't... good Code Browns, everybody. I wasn't as critical as I thought it would have been. Like, I listened and I'm like, ah, I think we did pretty good, especially when they asked us to, like, pump the tires for the pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I kind of butchered that at the beginning where people are like, yeah, talk about your uh, <laughs> your podcast. I was like, we like stories and uh, we like stories. Uh, we like stories. <laughs> you did, did. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I was like, I hope he's going to edit some of those out. But no, no. no but no. Everything I, that I was my said best. was that... in there, which was kind of fun, too. <laughs> I was just... I, I usually rely on you for that because you've said that spiel so many times that you're you have it down. So I'm just like, just let him so, talk. <laughs> so I, I hope you guys go listen. But for the first 20 minutes, I was not there. I was still with kids, putting them to bed and everything. I joined late. And so Erica was there by herself with with the crew. And they go, tell us about the podcast. And she would have naturally, as she did at the end, she just, <laughs> oh, I'm going to let Eric tell you about it. But she was kind of like, oh, we, we like stories. <laughs> 
the good, the bad, the ugly, yada yada. You did a good it job. You did a good on. job. You did a good job. So it that's what happens when you put me on the spot. Well, this was it was a uh, we got to see each other running. We talked about that already in the intro. But let me tell you, when when we ran together, I had to run to Adeline's play after. And mm-hmm. I, I, this is kind of funny. She's been in this play camp, theater camp for two weeks at the Palace Theater. And I tried to go Friday night and Ashley was mm-hmm. working. And I, I tried to go with the kids. Couldn't watch the show. It's just it was impossible with the boys. So I left. I left early with the boys. We walked around Manchester, went to Ben and Jerry's. Uh, small ice cream, by the way, is huge at Ben and Jerry's. Right? It's huge. I got the boys two smalls. The three of us could have had the small and would have been fine. Cost wow. me $19 for two smalls and one large. <laughs> Insane. But all the ice cream did get eaten. So didn't waste a penny. So I went on Saturday. And here's the fun part. On Friday, I hear the guy go, next week is our Winnie the Pooh camp one week. And then the plays on the weekend. We have three spots left. Mm-hmm. Well, when I bought my ticket for Saturday, I wasn't able to sit with Ashley. She was up front. All the seats were taken. So I got front row balcony, which was a veteran move on my part. Mm-hmm. And I heard the guy does he does his speech again on Saturday, and he goes, "Next week is our Winnie the Pooh camp, and the show is on Saturday, and we have two spots left." And I'm like, two spots? Hmm, it was three yesterday." He goes, "Yeah, we just had the one sign up, so two left." At the same time, my phone vibrates, and I look at was the it, email. Was it Adeline's? Did she get the spot? I look at the family email, and it said. Thank you for your purchase to the Woody the Pooh Theater Camp. And here come the boys. And they're laughing and they're thinking, oh, it's so funny. The boys are on the podcast. And they're like, yeah, we were not <laughs> behaving at the play. Hi, guys. Uh-oh. Hi. Hello. Oh, he already knows to talk into the microphone. Oh, this one's trying to climb. <laughs> oh, boy. So, boys, boys, we have to end this podcast. We got to end episode 70 of Laura Green. Was it a good podcast, guys? Say yes. <laughs> All right, guys, don't forget, follow us on Instagram, support us on Patreon, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Erica, take us away. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and don't forget to stretch. They did. I could hear them outside. That 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 caught me off guard. You're like, yeah, I'll text him right now. I'm like, you know Andrew Ferris that well, that well. So thank you for that. He he will be in Boston a lot in the next few years because of his daughter going to Harvard. So rugby, right? Rugby, yeah. So just get just get on that rugby schedule and you'll run into him. Go to a game or something. I'm not going to be that much of a creep, but if I ever run into him. I'll do what I said. I'm going to say, hey, shake the hand. Thank you. Thank you for 2011.
my life is is good now. Complete. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome.